Hey, what's going on, champs? I'm Aaron Deliosa. Welcome to an Immigrant's Life podcast. My podcast about immigrants, immigration, and everything in between. Another week, another episode of an Immigrant's Life. Thank you for joining me as always. You can listen to the podcast on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And while you're there, I'd appreciate it if you could click the subscribe or follow button. That way, you could help me and the podcast for free. Lastly, if you or anyone you know want to share their experience with immigration, be it you being an immigrant yourself, or you're a child of an immigrant, or if you just want to champion immigrants by sharing your stories, please contact me on Instagram and Facebook at An Immigrant's Life, or email me at animmigrantslife at yahoo.com. I'd love to have you on. Now, let's talk about this week's episode. Our guest this week is an individual that refuses to stay down despite being knocked down continually. He just keeps on getting up and continues to fight like a Mexican boxer. With that being said, without further ado, let's get into the show. Isa, dalawa, tatlo. Today's guest is not the Mad Hatter, but he wears a lot of hats. He's an entrepreneur, a content creator, and a social media juggernaut. Everyone, please welcome Maya Hernandez. What's going on? What's going on, Aaron? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm good. First of all, thank you for coming on the podcast. I really do appreciate that. Yeah, of course. Of yeah. course. I mean, I'm, I, I reached out for a reason, you know. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. I'm excited. Awesome. Uh, would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, definitely. So, hey, everybody. My name is Juan Maya Hernandez, uh, but I go by Maya because uh, in my high school, there was a lot of Juans and they would make <laughs> all type of jokes. <laughs> so, yeah, I go by Maya. Um, I'm a current, uh, you know, UCLA undergraduate student. Um, I'm studying atmospheric and oceanic sciences. So I studied the weather, climate and stuff. Um, and I am, you know, I'm building the first and leading startup that bridges the gap between immigrants and, you know, and employers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's a little bit about me. And I, and, and like Aaron said, you know, I, I, um, I like creating social media content on a daily. It's just, it's just, it's just a habit that I developed. Um, but yeah, that's a little bit about me. I was born in Mexico. Um, so I'm Mexican. So, yeah. Oh, okay. You were born in Mexico. Where exactly in Mexico. I was born in um, Toluca, so Toluca? I was born in, yeah, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sure if you're aware where Toluca is, but. There's it, Google. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so I was born in Toluca, um, it's very close to, I would say, um, I would say it's close to the city, it's close to Mexico City, so I think Which that's. Which city? Yeah. Oh, Mexico or city? Mexico City, Mexico oh, okay, City. Okay, yeah. okay. And when did you move to the U.S.? I moved to the U.S. well uh, when I was very very young. Uh, I was two, two to three years old. Um, you know, my parents immigrated here, um, and uh, it's interesting because during that time I I, I had seizures. So I Whoa. had seizures from two to three years old, um, and uh, the way my mom describes it. Uh, you know, it was a very difficult point in my life because I was very young. Uh, and for two, and in Mexico, the doctors didn't know what was wrong. Like they, <laughs> they couldn't diagnose like why I was getting seizures every single day. Like it was a whole year of seizures. It was very freaking. Like my mom tells me, she tells me that I, she would spend a lot of time in the hospital because I kept oh. getting them. Um, and then once we immigrated here, I mean, uh, with the U.S., uh, you know, you know, through the emergency, uh, I, when I came here, I came to an emergency hospital, um, and then they gave me medication, and 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 ever since then, I, I haven't had any seizures. But I mean, okay. I I don't remember much about it besides you know what my mom tells me. But, yeah, you uh, were young. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. But the, I, is is your uh, medical condition prompted your family to move, or it's been a plan even before that? I I mean I I'm. I think it's been a plan before that because even before, you know, before um, uh, my older brother and myself coming with my mom, my dad had already migrated before and he would, oh. you know, try to send money to us in, in, in Mexico and stuff. And then I think that it was more of, I think it was, it was already planned, but 
it, it was sort of an incentive that they couldn't cure me over there. Like, okay, let's try some other place. And uh, but I wouldn't say for sure that was the main reason. I would say that maybe it was a like a little push. Uh, but mm. I, it was. I I think when I, every every time I speak with my dad, he's always he he always tells me that that was his goal. Like you know, he he wanted to come here because in Mexico, like they, I mean, it's very it's a very poor country, so it's very difficult over there. So. Um, and yeah, with the seizures, I think it was just like, ah, you know what, like, you know, let's just go, but I'm not, I don't know too, too much uh, on that, but that's all I can, I can, I can share. And, and I know, um, your parents, uh, how they doing They're They're still together. Yeah, they're still together. Um, I've been really grateful for that. Um, yeah, they live with me. I'm, I'm actually living with them right now. So yeah, because I called the whole COVID and quarantine, you know, move back. I used to live at UCLA mm. uh, for my first two years. And then my third year, um, I started commuting and, and yeah, but my parents are well. Uh, they're still together. That's good. I just want to go back quickly on your parents. Uh, you said your dad migrated before. What was he doing in the U.S.? Uh, he was a, you know, he was a farm worker. Uh, mm, okay. Yeah, yeah. So he would he would work in the fields and all that stuff. Like you know, that's what he that's where he that's where he started, <laughs> um, because that's that's where I guess um, you know him and his brothers and all these different people like would tell him that's where they would go. Uh, pretty much like, yeah. But that's all I know. I don't I don't know too too much. Really. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. We have those two here in uh, in Canada. We have. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Actually, that wasn't issue when the covid happened because they closed the border and the migrant workers cannot come and no one was taking care of the plants for the farmers yeah. and it was an issue so when your dad was migrating back and forth your mom was staying with you yeah because i was at the hospital all the time so yeah she she, she was the one that was there praying and stuff so um yeah but yeah it was mainly my mom and uh, how did they, did your dad just apply for, for you guys to move or how did that work? Um, I mean, I, I don't, I don't, I don't feel comfortable sharing that aspect of, of the, the interview. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. And, um, did you guys move in Los Angeles first yeah. or? Yeah. Yeah, we did. You guys yeah. had your own place or were you guys living with family? Um, I think uh, for some time uh, we were living with family because we couldn't find a place. Uh, but mm. also my dad didn't find like he didn't have like a stable job, given that he was working in the fields and stuff. Mm. Um, but then eventually we did find a place and we stayed at that place. <laughs> since we haven't moved. We, we're still at the same place where we arrived. And, and um, yeah, we haven't moved since then. Mm. So how was Maya's childhood? Was it good other than the seizures? Uh, I mean, I mean, I think my life has always just been a roller coaster. There's been some ups and some downs like everybody. Right. But I think that my story really comes from just resilience um, and a lot of struggle in my childhood. Uh, when I got here, I, um, you know, when I enrolled in in, in elementary and um, I uh, I struggled to pick up the English language. Like I obviously I speak it better now, but it was it was difficult. I was in bilingual classes all throughout my time, and and um, it was really it was really hard to sort of even though well because I was still young, uh, but it was very difficult to sort of connect with certain people here, <laughs> you mm -hmm. know, because I had an accent and uh, you know I didn't I didn't know um, even though I was still young, like I mentioned. Um, and in, in and in middle school, it was it was one of the toughest uh, times in my life because mm. I was constantly getting bullied. People would just like push me around in school and like. Why? You know, honestly, I, I mean, I I don't know. I mean, it there was it was just I went to an all um I went to an all guy school um in middle school mm. um but I guess so okay so. Taking it back, I I went to two middle schools. So in in, in sixth grade, I I went to a a charter school, mm -hmm. um, and that was fine. That that was the 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 okay part of my. What's a charter school? Oh, so a charter school is pretty much um is not a public school, and generally you have to pay to go to these schools because they. They're sort of like private and they make their own rules. They don't mm. go by, you know, LAU is, uh, at least I hear, they don't go by the school district. Um, 
but um yeah we went I, I went to a charter school but uh at that time like we didn't have to pay but it was the closest one to by where i lived so that's why my my mom put me there for sixth grade and that was okay uh mm-hmm. and but in seventh grade that's when i switched schools uh because my mom felt that i wasn't learning a lot uh <laughs> you know i wasn't learning enough like you know like my neighbor that was going to a public school and then that's when i moved and I was the new kid. I still had an accent. Um, I've never been very tall. So I guess, you know, I was, uh, I always had a uh, trouble, uh, chubby cheeks. So like, you know, people would just make fun of me. And, and I think that at that point in my life, like also my mom started working and my dad, uh, you know, was started working as a day laborer. Um, so my dad would do that from the morning to the evening. And then my mom would, you know, work, at a taco truck uh, from the evening to the night. So there wasn't really somebody I can really speak to. And yes, I had an older brother, but, you know, my older brother was in middle school, just come, you know, he had his own. So, I mean, he was in high school, but um, he was going through his own stuff. And and I think that at that time, I I felt alone. Like I, I, I didn't, I didn't have anybody to sort of talk to and like, you know. You didn't have uh, friends? No, I, <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't have many friends because like I mentioned to you, I was very insecure because I was constantly getting bullied. And, and also because like I, um, um, so because I was getting bullied, um, I, I didn't have that, that confidence to talk to people. Uh, and, and one of the, the stories that I like to talk about to anybody that really sort of shifted my way I looked at life was, um, so the only way that I spoke to people was playing through playing soccer because I was just good at soccer. So the only <laughs> way that I would talk to people and socialize would be in lunch where I'll be like, oh, you know, let me play. I'll be on your team and we'll score because I was good at it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, the bullying didn't stop. And, and, and one of the defining sort of, you know, moments in my life in middle school was um, we were playing Pete. We were we were in physical education class. Mm. Um, and then I kicked the ball over, uh, and, and then all of a sudden, all of a sudden I start seeing kids like 20, 25 kids start rushing at me. Like I see them come running at me and I, and then I was like, okay, like what the heck's going on? So I started running for it. Cause I was like, Hey, they look mad. <laughs> like I kicked the ball over whatever. Um, and yeah, these were the same kids that would like bully me a lot of mm. them. So they would, they would bully me and it was just sort of like, oh, these, like, what am I going to do? So I started running and I was like, if I can just get to the locker room, <laughs> like I, I could, I could be good. Cause, uh, you know, I felt like, I don't know, they would just follow me. Uh, and then I ended up falling down. And when I fell down, 20 to 25 kids just start kicking me in my head, start punching me everywhere. What? And then like, you know, because I tell you, these were the kids that would bully me. And, and, and this yeah, but is where's why- the teacher? The, t- the teacher wasn't there. I don't know where the teacher was, but um, the, the the crazy thing about that story was that like, all I remember was the people that I used to call friends, mm. they were also kicking me at that time. The people that oh. I would play soccer with, they kicked me. And and um, I remember that day I was all bruised up. They kicked me in my head. I was just all sad. I, I, I it was a very dark moment in my life. Um, mm. And then I remember that I was just crying and I saw the teacher and in the in the teacher I told him I was all I, I was crying, I was bruised, and 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 the teacher I told him, like, hey, this is what happened. And, and this is all my teacher told me. Um, all my teacher told me was as long as you don't tell the principal, I'll buy you Jack in the Box. And that's all he told me. He didn't <gasps> offer to help me. <laughs> and and it was like you know, that was the first time I ever asked for help, you know, because I, all throughout my life, I haven't asked for help. And that was the first time I did. And I was like, okay, mm. maybe they'll help me. And he just proved me wrong. Like, he, you know, he, he tells me these things and he doesn't say anything. He did bring me Jack in the Box, but besides <laughs> that, he, I didn't tell anybody. I, you know, he didn't tell anybody because he didn't want to get what fired. F- so, um, yeah. Wait, wait. And, and- How did you feel when he said... Uh- I'm gonna buy you Jack in the Box. Were you were you surprised? Like, hey, no, you're supposed to do something else, or were you just like, oh, at least you, like, he's giving you, um, he's giving you attention, kind of deal. Nah, man, I was just defeated. I was just, I mean, I was already defeated, like mentally and like physically, and like to him just to hear him just say that after I've been looking for help, like I was just defeated, man, and I felt like nobody cared. 
um, of mm. me and for full transparency, like I actually like I had suicidal thoughts during that time in my life mm-hmm. um, because I felt like I didn't like going to school. These kids fucking they're they're bullying me all the time. <laughs> this teacher that is supposed to help me th- tells me he's going to buy me Jack in the Box. And <laughs> I can't, ta- you know, I can't talk to you know, my, my family, because, you know, they're always working. So mm. I felt helpless. Um, yeah. and, um, uh, but yeah, man, I mean, that was, that was, that's, that's, that's how my childhood was. Like it was, it was filled with like, you know, bullying and struggle and, and, and just a lot of insecurity, uh, and just not fitting in with anybody. Like, you mm. know, maybe like even with soccer, sometimes that's all I felt like those were the people that's all they wanted me for. Like, you know, like we, uh, all we did was play game like soccer. And yeah. after that, like they, they didn't, you know, they didn't talk to me and stuff. Yeah. Like Maya scored a goal, bro. And then get out of the way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Pretty, pretty much. Like that's what, yeah. Yeah. They wouldn't talk to me outside of school and, and even in, and even in social media, like I, even some people would just, you know, whenever I would put stuff, people would mm. say like, oh, this kid's a nerd. And I'm telling you, like, I, I would just get bullied, man. Like, there's people... nothing wrong being nerd, dude. There's <laughs> not. I am a nerd and I'm proud of it. You know? Yeah, man. But I think that at that time, I just wasn't there. Like, like mentally strong. I just wasn't there. I, I was no. I, everything. I would cry out every day. Like, you know, people would just make me cry and stuff. And it was just, uh, it was just like a part of my life where I was like, man, this is. This is bad, <laughs> yeah. uh, but but I, I I couldn't do. I felt like I couldn't do anything, and I didn't tell anybody. I actually you were a child. Anybody. Yeah, I didn't tell anybody about this story until my family, until any teacher and any counselor, until I was a freshman in high school. So mm. you know, maybe I would have had different benefits, and maybe my life would have looked different if I would have spoke out about this incident. But I did not, and. Um, um, and yeah, that's why I'm always like telling my little brother and, 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 you know, everybody that I talk to, you know, you just got to ask for help. You got to do it. Cause I didn't do it. <laughs> you know, like yeah, you know, mentally, like now, it, it, I mean, I can see how that affected where I am today, even like, even a, as a college student and like, you know, stuff like that. So, uh, but yeah, that was a little bit about like my, my, uh, elementary and, 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 and middle school life and i i i ended up passing like my um my my english exam so i could finally be like fully english like until eighth grade so it took me like fully english (laughs) yeah 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 because because at first like i wasn't um it was still um english language development and then Mm. and then you have to pass like a certain exam to be like english proficiency or or something like that sorry for interrupting you but uh, it's just like even for myself and the listeners, they're probably wondering, like, you were three years old, you moved to the States, which they speak English, and I am, I'm assuming that your parents are speaking Spanish to you, right? Yeah. But outside, you speak English, right? Yeah. How come you were struggling? Like, you know what I mean? You see, honestly, like, I think that... Um, Okay, so this is interesting uh, because I uh, <laughs> it isn't until recently that I that I that I um, I feel like everything that I need to learn, I just have to sort of go over it a lot. Like it doesn't matter. Like you know, there's some people in this world that could just look at a paper, analyze it, and they get it. I, on the other hand, have to read it like three, four, five times to get something. Do the problem. Bro, three, me four, too. Five Don't times. worry about it. Um, but 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 you know, I I think that. Um, I struggled and and maybe this is not it, but it could be one of the reasons I, I saw that I was doing research on epilepsy and, and it says that, um, you know, people with epilepsy at, at an early age tend to have a hard time concentrating, tend to uh, have a hard time learning, you know, simple concepts. And it's true because like for me. I cannot concentrate if I'm not at the library. If I if I hear some noise, like I can't concentrate. Like I need to be in a quiet place in order to concentrate and grasp something. But I don't know, man. I mean, I just struggled. I just struggled to 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 do that. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever been get checked out for ADHD or something like that? No, I have not. <laughs> no, I have not. Um, but um, but no, man. I mean, I think that. Um, I, I I think that 
I think another reason why is because I, I did go to uh, like a low income middle school where they, you know, my friends spoke Spanish. So it wasn't like I spoke with English oh, friends all the okay. time. So like, you know, in my community where I live, there was a large majority of Spanish speakers as well. And even some of my classmates were also English learners. So mm -hmm. like, I wouldn't say that necessarily, like I was always with English people, you know, like with people that spoke English, like mm -hmm. I, majority of my community where I lived was low income, spoke Spanish, was also <laughs> English. So it's not like, you know, it's not like oh yeah like i go to the store they're speaking english no like there's stores here that speak spanish because you know that's where i live and yeah. that's just you know, um yeah so i guess those two could be the reasons i don't know man i i just no, <laughs> those are legit no that's uh it's, it's always an issue with uh immigrant kids is because of most of the parents they speak their native language yeah. and then they live in a community that belongs to you know that speaks pretty much the same languages yeah. there's no practice you know, so you will be ending up speaking their language and you then you go outside and be like, oh, no, they don't speak the same language I'm speaking. Yeah. And that, that, there was there's an issue, obviously, the, a combination of you not really fully understanding the language. You have the uh, like you mentioned earlier that you have problem focusing on learning. Of course, yeah. you're going to struggle. Yeah. Plus, plus your teacher, instead of teaching you math, they're giving you jack in the box and getting kicked in the head. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good one. That's a good one. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, yeah. I, I, no, I, I agree. I mean, when, when, when you put it that way, yeah. Like, I'm like, yeah, like, it makes sense now. But at that time, I, I didn't know. Like, when you talk no. to me in middle school, I don't know. I, I don't know. Yeah, for um, sure. But, but, um, yeah, yeah. And like I tell you, even right now, like that's even until now, I see that like, oh, seizures can affect you if you have them at early age. And I'm like, like, I didn't know that either. I just researched it like maybe a month ago. <laughs> I was mm. like, why do I have a hard time grasping certain things sometimes? Mm -hmm. And then I'm like, OK, maybe, maybe let me look this up. And I put, you know, like I'm I'm a very curious, like I'm a very curious person i like to know things because i don't know a lot so i look it up if i have a question i look it up and i read about it and i'm like mm -hmm. okay it makes sense <laughs> yeah but, but i think you need to talk to the doctor about that not just like start start putting going to what are you like med yeah. M, med md <laughs> yeah yeah that, yeah that, that, that's that's what i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure you type in seizures when you're a kid it'll come out you have cancer or something stupid like that you know no yeah, now that you mentioned that, it, it does say that you you are more likely to get like different diseases. But you yeah, know, like, I I live day by day, man. That's what a lot hey. of people don't know. Like I live day by. I don't I don't look at the like I I might make plans, but presently I'm here and I soak in the moment. I'm like you know I might not be here tomorrow. Let's be honest. Like I mm. might not be here. Trust so. me, there's no guarantee. <laughs> I agree. I agree. I agree. So so that was happening in high school. You mentioned. Uh, that, is that all through high school that was happening or the, somehow it got better as you become third year or fourth year or, you know? No, no. So that was happening in elementary, which is like, you know, uh, and then it's uh, and then in middle school. So that's mm -hmm. like secondary school. OK. So in high school, that's actually when things got better because oh. my mom, um, well, my mom ended up having like <laughs> more kids. So she stayed at home. Um, and, but. You know, my dad was the only one working, so I saw my mom more. I had more of that connection. Awesome. Um, and, um, yeah, I mean, I was, like I mentioned to you, I've always stuck to my community, like, low income and stuff. And, like, I was still in the same community. It's just that now um, I had, you know, all throughout the struggle and all through everything I've gone through, like, I, I, I mean, to, for full transparency, in ninth grade, I was still sort of, like, uh, you know, I still didn't fully, like, I didn't fully care about school like in ninth grade, like because I was still <laughs> hanging out with the wrong people. Mm. Um, but it was actually in ninth grade, my freshman year of high school, where um one of my teachers, um, it was my English teacher, she was like, she was like, I need to talk to you after class, because I would just make all uh, different jokes. I was like a class clown. And she was <laughs> like, and she was like, You're a very smart kid and you have so much potential. But if you keep hanging out with these wrong kids you're not gonna get anywhere 
Mm-hmm. And uh, that spoke to me because like nobody had ever told me that in my life. Nobody, nobody had ever believed in me like like that. Like, yeah, you know, when you hear with with your mom and, you know, she she tells you all these things. But um, nobody outside, especially a teacher that, you know, in the past when I tried asking for help, mm-hmm. this was different. Like it felt different for me because I was like, you know, like if she sees it, even though I've struggled, <laughs> you know, throughout my life, like, um and and yeah that sort of changed my life like then after that i i made it my goal to i was like you know what i'm gonna go to the number one university the number one public university by where i live and that was ucla and i was wow. like man i'm gonna make it happen so when i started doing obviously like i had my older brother that like you know he was a huge role model and, and mentor mm-hmm. um because he had already gone through a four-year university not the number one but like he went to uh he went number two <laughs> <laughs> um and uh and um yeah i i i was fortunate enough that even in my high school uh three of the teachers there had gone to ucla so i asked them like for advice i was like hey i want to get to ucla in like three four years how can i make that happen i was like a ninth grader um and they gave me tips they were like you know join extracurriculars start get becoming a leader start doing all these things get good grades and yeah i just followed through i was just like okay i'll do this and and I think nice. that at that point too, like I, I had, I had, I had a girlfriend, so she also supported me throughout my time there. So I think that that all helped, um, and and just being able to see my mom more and and stuff like that, and playing soccer outside of school, like yeah, like it was, it was much easier for sure. Um, mm-hmm. but I will tell you that I still struggled in English. <laughs> I um, I was in my AP English class, um, and um, you know, they made us this is my first time taking an AP course. And even in my high, even in my high school, there wasn't a lot of AP courses. Like it wasn't like uh, a school where we had AP. What's AP? Advanced placement classes. Okay. Yeah. 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 So, so um, they didn't have a lot. And usually, you know, if, if you're in, if you're part of like, you know, the richer areas or, you know, more, more uh, where there's more resources, mm-hmm. you, you know, your schools tend to have 30 to 40 to 50 and, and advanced placement classes, really look good on your college application because it shows that you know you challenge yourself but mm-hmm. in my high school it was only like five so, <laughs> so, so i was like all right i'll take it and what are those like gym one of them is gym music no no no, were, no 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 there was um so there was ap english ap english there was ap um ap english ap spanish mm-hmm. there was uh ap studio art yeah and i was like all right so but so but i ended up taking ap english the first one and um man i struggled like <laughs> they would give us these books and and honestly like um i don't like i like i don't like reading books that don't interest me i'm sure a lot of people don't but you and me buddy <laughs> especially for those classes we had to read all these different books and like we had to write about them analyze them and there was a certain structure to it but because up until eighth grade, like I, I, has, I wasn't even like a normal English. Like at that time, like, <laughs> I struggled, and 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 I remember that. Um, I remember my 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 teacher, my English teacher. She was like, she she pulled me off after after class, and she was like, Maya, you're gonna fail my class if you don't <laughs> if you don't get it together. And I was like, but I'm trying, you know, like I'm trying. <laughs> and she would tell me like, you know, try harder, stay after school, and and talk to me, stay for office hours. Nice. And I was like, and then I started thinking like, okay, I do want to go to UCLA and I, and UCLA can't see me fail this class. Like they can't. <laughs> um, so what I, st- so what I started doing was just staying after school, just asking for help again, you know, the, this, this whole concept of asking for help, asking like, Hey, I need help. Um, and uh, yeah, she would, I, like, I tell you, these were advanced placement uh, <laughs> reading uh, level books. And uh, they had this high vocabulary and I struggled, man. Like I, I struggled <laughs> to, I had to Google every single word on like two, <laughs> two, two three sentences. Hey, man. At least you have Google. We had dictionary, bro. <laughs> uh, um, no, no, no. Actually. Yeah. There was, there was the dictionary, not Google because we couldn't use our phones in class. It was, it was the dictionary. Like okay, she would have okay. the dictionary. Um, but yeah, man, I, I struggled, but she helped me through that process. Wow. Right? And I think that, um, yeah, I ended up getting an A in her class and, and even like and in and, and the final paper because I would stay a lot and kept asking questions and I was kind of annoying her. But like um, 
how do you call it? I ended up getting like the highest grade on my fi- on my final essay out of wow. anybody. So like you know what that showed me, I was like, man, I could do this shit. Like you know, like nice. it might take me two, three, maybe ten times, but like I could do it. Like um and and um and yeah, I just didn't I just didn't give up and stuff, and I kept just going and going and and um so so in my third year um this is when i re- like i didn't know i was undocumented like i didn't fully <laughs> grasp it until i was in my third year of high school um, okay wait so, before we before you go on sorry for yeah. cutting up what go do you ahead. mean undocumented well so uh so okay so in the u.s there's different types of immigrants like there's people that you know that seek asylum or there's people with different um i'm not sure if you're familiar with uh the daca program or the tps program yeah mm-hmm. so okay so in the us um you know they it, 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 it's a very different immigration system right like mm-hmm. not anybody can obtain citizenship as a matter of fact not any nobody could obtain citizenship if you're an immigrant but there are things like there are programs um, for for if you meet certain eligibility, you do get some benefits of like a social security number and you're able to work. You get a work authorization. But if you don't qualify for those programs, you're not able to work like, you know, under law. So I didn't I didn't qualify for any of these programs. So that's what I mean by undocumented. Like, you know, being an immigrant is not just like, oh, you know, there's there's things as like you're a DACA um, immigrant, so you're a TPS immigrant, you're a visa immigrant. There's different types, and mm. those different types have different uh, benefits, but also have different eligibility requirements, or else you just don't get it. And it's not as easy to get citizenship here, um, you know, so... yeah. So, okay. So, so yeah, I, I cut you off. It, uh, you're talking about finding out that you're undocumented. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I didn't have that uh, throughout my, my, my time. And, and, in, and in my third year, that's when I realized I didn't have it because I, <laughs> um, I got nominated to be a student leader at a great organization here because I was just an Exceller student. And I was like, ah, but I was about to fail English. But okay, like, <laughs> you know, I'm still here. I was really involved in that um, organization. It's called United Way. Um, and, um, in summer, uh, they actually pair up, they pair up those student leaders with an organization for an internship, a paid internship, like it's guaranteed, like it's their partners is guaranteed. But given that I, you know, I can't work and I don't have a social, at uh, this time, um, you know, they were like, oh, you know, you need a social security number or you need this. And I have any of those documents and. And that's when I, I was like, oh, like, <laughs> what does this mean? And like, I kept asking questions and then, you know, um, and obviously at that time, when was this, like 2016, 2015, maybe? Um, at that time, like, you know, immigration and just the legal status, like a lot of people were not, they weren't still as aware as they are now. Um, so there was less help back then, but yeah, that's when I realized that I was undocumented. I, I wasn't able to get paid uh, through like a normal social security through clocking in hours. Fortunately, I got a scholarship, and that's a way that oh, it, wow. they sort of paid me. Congratulations! But yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, it was like yeah, yeah. So it was it was just as a replacement for the the payment. Um. So uh. But but yeah, I was grateful for that. But that's when I realized I was I was uh, undocumented. Uh, I was an immigrant, and I was like, oh, okay. Um. And then. And then in, you know, and then it, in that same year as well, like I, I needed to get near perfect grades uh, because uh, for, for colleges here, what they really look at is they do look at your transcripts, but they they tend to um, prioritize your third year uh, because they tend to say that like, you know, your first two years, like, you know, they could be all right as long as you show improvement. But in your third year, that's when it matters because, you know, by your third year, you should have something, you know, you should be at a certain level, specifically if you want to go to these top universities. Yeah, that was my only goal. That was my only goal. Um, I mean, it. I, I had to sacrifice my relationship and, you know. You broke up with I, a girlfriend? 
No, I mean, we were already having uh, issues, uh, but but I think that, you know, at that time, I knew what my goal was, and I was like, you know what, like, this is what I want in a year from now. Um, um, like, I needed space to focus on this, like, I, because this is what I wanted. And um, yeah, it led to problems. We broke up, and yeah, it was it was it was very hard, you know. Like at least, mm-hmm. you know, um, emotionally, because I I I loved her, you know. Um, but but I just worked harder. <laughs> like this sounds bad, but like I worked harder, and 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 I ended up getting into UCLA because I ended up getting near perfect grades, you know. That that occurred because I worked for it. I stayed after school at every class I had. You know, uh, that was my goal. And I, mm-hmm. and, you know, and then when I heard that UCLA accepted me, um, yeah, I was, I was really happy. Um, but, uh, but yeah, yeah. So, so. It's uh, awesome, man. Yeah. And, it, but, and what you're thinking, you said something about weather. Yeah. Um, well, <laughs> um, yeah, I guess I can talk about uh, my UCLA experience now, if you like. But, um, so fast forward to UCLA, uh, my freshman year. Um um, I ended up moving to UCLA, so I took out a loan to live there uh, because I, I felt like it was it was an experience I needed to, to take, you know, move away from my family a little bit, yeah. you know, try the college life. And it was, I mean, I didn't see it as, ah, this is for doesn't. I saw it as, a, as an investment, like, hey, this is an investment of my future of my, you know, something that I've never experienced before because. UCLA is near Beverly Hills, and like that's like the 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 nice the rich area. Of the rich. <laughs> yeah, the, the 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 nice area, and I was like, man, like I, just, I had to go over there. Like I, you thought you were balling. <laughs> no, no, I was not balling. Um, but but I will say that even going to UCLA is a blessing, and I'm grateful because uh, um, so um, there's this thing called the the AB five forty in california i'm not sure if you're if you're aware of of that yeah so so what they do is that essentially like because i'm an immigrant or undocumented um they consider me as a non-resident so they consider me as an international student but through ab but through but through ab 540 i'm able to you know to pay in-state tuition so i don't have to pay like the the international like with the international Mm -hmm. students face uh but also there's the dream act there's this thing called the dream act where um and and this is in california where um we're not able to get federal um you know aid but we're able to get state aid for university uh so we're able to get some grants like the california grants um but depending on how your gpa was in high school that 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 really um determines how much aid you're gonna get uh so yeah those are two things that you know in, in, in California as a, an undocumented, you know, student like you, it, but even with that, like you need certain requirements. Um, if you don't meet them, you know, you might not qualify for IB 540. So you might pay out of state tuition. Uh, you might not qualify for the DREAM Act. So you might not even get state aid. So like, you know, that's why I say that there's different levels to being an undocumented or an, an immigrant in the U.S. because, it's very complicated uh and then there's no clear pathway to citizenship here so it's and and you have to keep in mind too that like if these people don't have daca or you know some sort of program that allows them to work these people can't legally work and yeah so it's difficult for sure uh that's yeah. crazy man like there's so much when are you moving to canada yeah, like, i told you i'm going to canada <laughs> All you're telling me all this thing, I'm like, man, just there's no like. Listen, I don't know anything much about immigration law in Canada, other than my personal experience. But it was pretty straight up. You come yeah. here, you stay for a certain amount of time, and then you become a resident. And then after, uh, I think a year or two, unless they change it or whatever, yeah. then you can apply for citizenship, and then citizenship. That's it. You're good. What you're like AB forty is like I feel like I'm playing a uh, Nintendo up up down down left right left right B A B A and then at the end you don't <laughs> even get the the lives. Yeah, That's man. I mean, nuts. honestly, yeah, it, it, it's 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 interesting you say that, you know, because it, that's that's how it kind. Of, you know, I mean, that is how it is. You know, sometimes they 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 put up a program, but keep in mind that in California there's around like 10, 11 million immigrants here that are either 
connected with some of these programs, but there's a large majority of them that also don't qualify for any of these. Mm-hmm. So how do, how do you qualify? Well, okay. So, so there's this program called the DACA, the deferred action for childhood arrivals and the way that you, uh, oh, so I talked about this one, but you, you, for this one, you get two years of protection from deportation so they can't deport you. So that's a benefit. Uh, another one is you get work authorization so you can work, you get a social security number. <laughs> Uh, you can also apply for a California driver's license um, if you have this. But in order for you to qualify, you have to be, you know, you have to be before um, you have to be older than 16. You have to be here in the U.S. Um, since like what, 2010, 2012. Mm-hmm. And those are and, and that's essentially for people that came as you know as 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 young kids that were like you know 2 to like 7 years old and stuff like that but if you come to the US like if you're 18 you you probably don't qualify for it um but even then uh even in the news even in, in California right now um so there has been a delay with uh, DACA renewals. Uh, so you have to renew it every single, you know, every two years. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you don't renew it on time, your employer can pretty much fire you uh, because you're not like, you're not able to work. once it's it, legal. Once it, yeah. Once it, it expires, you can't work and you could get laid off. And, and, and even right now with the whole pandemic, there's been, you know, um, how do you call it? There's been a slowdown of renewals of renewal cases. Um, so that has that has cost a lot of undocumented people being unemployed, DACA specifically, um, and stuff like that. So yeah, it's very complicated. Um wow. there's a, a lot of little things. That's crazy. I I did some reading about you and I, I read something about a career fair that you went to and something happened. Can you tell the story? Yeah, yeah. So, so, um, so I, um, so my story throughout college and even up to this point, I, I've always been non DACA. So I, I don't have a social, I don't have a work permit. I, I can't, you know, I can't work. Um, and um, I've struggled because of it. Uh, I've struggled. Um, and I've been in academic probation and I've been in uh, subject to dismissal at UCLA. And that's for full transparency for people that are out there, uh, because I'm always constantly thinking about okay, what am I going to do after I graduate if I can't work? You know, like, <laughs> why am I even in college sometimes? You have this expensive diploma and you can't work. Yeah. So I'm like, OK, what am I going to do? Um, but this is where it all started. And this is where I am now. Throughout my time, I've always struggled to find opportunities, uh, career opportunities to be in particular. And at the beginning of the year of this year, my family got COVID, was positive oh. for COVID. So everyone's okay now though? Everybody's okay, yes, okay. thankfully. Um, but yeah, I had COVID and then um I also had a hard time just staying up uh because I was constantly fatigued. I felt like every single day I would get sweaty and I would feel like I ran a marathon, but like mm. I didn't do anything, like I was just <laughs> there. Um now those were two of the things that I had to deal with in January, February, but that wasn't the only thing I, 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 I've always struggled with mental health issues and depression because of my past and mm-hmm. all these different factors. And, um, at the beginning of the, of the year I had, I was under subject to dismissal. So I had this pressure to perform well, given that I had COVID, but I'm also a STEM major. So like, you know, and I had four classes, exams every other week. Um, and on top of that, I had anxiety attacks every single morning for the month of January. Like I would wake up and, and you know, like when, when, whenever you get into a roller coaster or before you get this stomach feeling in your stomach, I would get that every single morning for the month of January. So I was all messed up, man. Like it was really rough. Um, and you know, Again, I was I was put in a position where I was like, ah oh, man, I, I don't know if I can do this. Like I wasn't feeling good. I mentally I wasn't there. I had depression. I started taking depression medication. Um, I started taking that. I started taking COVID medication uh to, to sort of mediate it. Um, 
and I was still in school. Like I was still in Zoom and I was fatigued. And honestly, man, I was going to drop out to be completely honest with you. I was going to drop out. I contemplated it so many times because I had already struggled when mm-hmm. I was at UCLA. I would cry a lot, even just with my academics, because it's been difficult. And, and like I tell you, I've always been like, what am I going to do after I graduate? So um, it was very difficult. And it was very difficult because even my family told me, you know what? Just drop out. Just 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 finish it. Like you, you've you've done like you're you're. Cause they would see me, man. I, I was just not there mentally. I yeah. gained weight and it was very difficult. And, and people would tell me, counselors would tell me, you know, just drop out, you know? So I had all these people tell me to drop out, but my goal, I know what my goal has always been. My goal has always been, I'm going to get this degree and it doesn't like, I'm going to get a STEM degree. It doesn't matter what it is, but I'm going to get it. And it doesn't matter how long it takes me. Mm-hmm. I honestly, man, I don't know how I did it, but I did it, man. I I, I got off academic probation. I overcame my, de- I mean, not fully my depression, but, you know, I, I mediated it. Um, and, uh, man, I was just proud of myself because I wanted to quit so bad. I wanted to quit. But this is where the story of the career fair starts. I Once I overcame this, I went to a career fair. Immigrants don't go to career fairs. Undocumented students don't go to career fairs because I'm not sure if you're aware, but even UCLA, because it's in Beverly Hills, it's majority Asian, it's majority white, and Hispanics, Latinos, undocumented people are the minority. So it's very easy to, you know, feel like you don't belong there. And I felt like that all the time. But I was like, you know what? I've already overcome one of the biggest obstacles of my life. I'm just going to go and network. I go, I talk to these people. I guess they interviewed me. They asked me questions, but I wasn't looking for a job because I can't work. You know, like I'm not looking for a job. What surprised me the most was I ended up getting a couple emails, uh, you know, two days later from these companies. And they were like, you know, we want to we want to bring you on to our team. You know, these were startup companies, startup companies. And um, I ended up following up with one one startup, which was like a fintech startup uh, that dealt with like taxes for students. Uh, they want and and they wanted me to be their growth hacker intern. They wanted me to do growth hacking for them, mm-hmm. uh, based on my background and my experience. And they were like, "We we're gonna pay you twenty dollars an hour, um, but we do not know how to hire you. You're very skillful. Uh, you know, you're very skillful. We know what you bring to the table. You've proved it through TikTok and all your social media. Like we know what you can do." But we do not know how to hire an undocumented student. We do not know how to do that because, you know, they were a, a white a white company. Huh. And, and they're like, who can we talk to about this issue? So I refer them to the uh, undocumented student program at UCLA. And they ended up talking. And I, and, I, and I was hopeful that maybe something would work out. Unfortunately, I didn't get the position. I didn't get it. Um, Why? I didn't get it because like I mentioned to you, you know, there's, you know, I can't legally work. I don't have work authorization. I don't have mm. a social. So, you know, in the startup's point of view, it's too risky, especially yeah. because they're early stage and they don't want to risk the legal stuff. Right. Mm. Um, uh, and they just didn't want to deal with it. They, they were knowledgeable about it. But what this, what this experience taught me was, listen, there's people out there wanting to help you. There's people that want my skills, they just, they're just not knowledgeable on how to do it. At least, you know, in the U S they're not knowledgeable how to hire an, an immigrant undocumented student. Mm-hmm. And I started thinking, and I went online, man, I went on Google and I was like, okay, this was this year, man. I went on Google and I was like, is there a company that can help me find a job? <laughs> is there a company that can help me find a job as an undocumented person? I couldn't find it. I couldn't find it. I was like, okay, like, why isn't there something there? Like, you know, I need a job, you know, like, um and uh i i mean i've been in the startup scene for two two years like just learning soaking it in and listening to stuff and like Mm -hmm. listening to people like jeff bezos and you know all these entrepreneurs i I would always listen to their stories and how they built and i think that for me i've always wanted to be in that scene i just never had a great idea Mm -hmm. but this from personal experience and personal struggle i was like okay maybe i should do this so I, i i ended up saying you know I bridged the gap between undocumented students and employers. Mm-hmm. And I went to uh, alumni centers at UCLA. Uh, alumni center. I went to an, an alumni, a UCLA alumni entrepreneur uh, mixer event 
where I would talk to, you know, alumni entrepreneurs from UCLA. They were not undocumented. So they were, you know, I would pick, I would tell them my, my, my prop, like what I was trying to build. It was just an idea. Yeah. And a lot of them told me, I would love to have an undocumented student join my company. I just don't know how to do that. And I keep hearing it over and over again. I keep hearing it, you know, from one company to another, to another. And then I was like, okay. And, um, and then I started, I was like, okay, maybe this is just like a me problem. Let me, let me figure out if, um, if, if, if some of my friends also deal with this problem of not being able to find a job or like not knowing when to apply. And uh, I ended up interviewing 14 of my friends within like a week. I interviewed mm-hmm. 14, like through Zoom, 30, 45 minutes. And this is how you start your company? Yeah, this is this is where it all started, man. I, I started interviewing these people. You know, I would sit down with people like this. I would just ask them, like, what, what are some of the things you struggle with as an undocumented student? You know, obviously in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were like, yeah, like, it's very hard to find even a career coach at the career center because they're not undocumented. So they can't really guide us. It's like, it's kind of like what you mentioned at the beginning, right? Like, you know, it's hard to talk about immigration if you've never been through that. You've never been through that experience. So how are you going to, you know, the career coaches at the career center at UCLA are trying to advise us on something they don't know. And that was one of the things. Another thing is a accessibility factor, you know, here in the U S you know, immigrants tend to be family uh, oriented, uh, very, very family oriented. So a lot of them commute and they help out their families by working. They work two or three jobs to help their families because they're low income. So a lot of the times it's very difficult for us to take advantage of these opportunities because there's other things outside of school that we have to help out on mm-hmm. because it's not just our career. Like, it, it's a privilege if you can only focus on your career, if you could only focus on your uh, edu- education mm-hmm. as an immigrant here. Um, and yeah, I, I started, you know, just getting this knowledge. I started doing my research and uh, yeah, man, I mean, I, I, I came up with this idea. I was like, okay, let, let me, let me start doing this. And, and ever since January, February, uh, I kept pitching it, kept learning. Um, and then I started just putting stuff on Instagram. I was like, you know what? I'm going to create an Instagram. Let's see how people respond. And then just the part is that I have the network of immigrants here. Like I have a good network of, of people yeah. that, that know who I am and I know some nonprofits. Um, and I put up some applications of like people, people to join my team because I knew that being in the startup scene is very, <laughs> uh, it's very difficult doing it on your own. Yeah, uh, that's why it's called startup. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I need help. I need a co-founder. So mm-hmm. uh, I found my co-founder and then, you know, just started brainstorming stuff and, and um, yeah, man, I mean, uh, now, um, you know, this startup is really, really just really defining into a business model, like like the correct one. And and um, but it has come from constant pitching it to different nonprofits, constant pitching it to different uh, uh, dream centers, which which are like the undocumented centers at universities to people. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we, we're making good progress in a sense of like, okay, now we're understanding what we could probably do. And like I mentioned to you, immigration issue here in the U.S. is very difficult because you can't say certain things. You can't say, um, you know, help an undocumented person get a job because legally undocumented people can't get jobs, like legally, like by law. So you have to be specific on how I communicate. Like if I say I help DACA people get jobs, that's, that's okay. You know, but I can't say undocumented because legally an undocumented person can't get jobs. So, so stupid. Like, so that's very like, so, um, so yeah, like, you know, but all of these things I'm learning by, by, by talking to different people and, mm. and hearing their feedback and, and that's amazing, man. It. Um, but you want to mention your company's name? You haven't mentioned it. Yeah. 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 So, um, so yeah, we came up with prepare. Um, the, you know, and prepare essentially what it does is, um, I mean, <laughs> back then two, three months ago it was something different, but now, um, it's really just focused on helping companies, uh, diversify their pool of talent in the U S based companies. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, and yeah, cause it, and, and it's at the right time because the, in, in the U S there's a shortage of employees. A lot of people left jobs cause of COVID. A lot of people don't want to go back. So there's a bunch of jobs that are not being taken up. Um, and you know, we're trying to really connect the two because like I tell you, even in the U S there's still a lack of awareness of the DACA people that can work. Um, and, um, 
a lot of companies refuse to hire those people, even though it's illegal to refuse a DACA person to do it. So that's what we're trying to fix. We're trying to just connect the two. Um, and we're the first and leading recruiting agency to do that. Um, mm. So that's what we're so, doing right now. So yeah. you're essentially a recruiting company that yeah. people will, undocumented people will come to you and then you will approach companies for them to hire these people. Right. right, right, right. And then we'd get paid for, you know, for a fee for, for the whole recruiting process. Um, so hey, no yeah. one needs to eat, man. You know what I mean? We all got to eat, right? <laughs> um, but yeah, but yeah, that's what we're doing. I mean, right now, uh, we're really just building our team. We just got uh, three fellows um, to join us, one to help us with events, one to help us with partnerships, one to help us with content creation. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, like pretty much um, applying to accelerators and continue to pitch in and uh, continue to grow our network um, because really the hard part is uh, just you're just finalizing one company like the hard part is the beginning right so once we can get one company once we figure out the whole process of like okay this is how we do it then it's a it's a matter of just scaling and applying to accelerators and pitching to investors and venture capitalists for funding um, but it is a huge need right now, specifically because, like I tell you, DACA people have lost their jobs because of the, you know, the the um, the renewal having some delays. So mm. it's it, it's at the right time, and I'm at the right place to do it. <laughs> yeah, man, it sounds good. And I mean, I think it's uh, you're very passionate, and it's a good idea. It's a great idea. It comes from the heart. Comes so, from experience. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. Like, that's where it comes from, and and um and yeah, like we 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 hope to do it like a, all across the U.S. So like in different states. So you know, in California and Texas, where there's the majority of DACA people, um, but then eventually, what we want to do is we want to help um, any immigrant, regardless of legal status or not. Uh, because like I mentioned to you, some don't qualify for DACA, some don't qualify for all these other things in the U S. So our whole goal would be, can we come up with a solution for that? Um, you know, for those people and there's ways, um, um, like there's ways we could either, you know, help them create businesses, uh, and then connect business to business, or we can help them become independent contractors and you know connect them like that so there's ways around it but like i tell you it's very like the difficult part is not the business model the difficult part is not um finding a team because <laughs> we get a lot of people come like messages or tell us do you accept volunteers and we're like we haven't even launched we're not making any money like <laughs> you know we're still very early stage we're barely managing our team right now of five um but um but it's but, volunteer yeah, like, you're not taking volunteers? At least not right now, because like I tell you, we, we've pivoted our business model uh, because at first we were going to be a subscription service, uh, B2C, um, but that was just, it was going to be a bit more difficult because we don't have like that that software capabilities, at least right now, right mm-hmm. now, right now. Right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so yeah, no, but but I mean, I know we, we, we definitely will, um, but also like we're, like our business is still not registered as an official business entity yet. So, you know, once that is approved, then yeah, we can start charging people. We can start doing all these things, but there's a lot to learn. Like even just on how to hire uh, a DACA person. Yeah. This is the thing that I'm investing into everything that I have, like I'm investing into it and a recruiting agency is pretty profitable. Like just by placing somebody 10% 10% of the first year salary, let's say they make $50,000 and we place one person, we can make $5,000. Mm-hmm. So like, of course, of course. so like, uh, so yeah, I'm taking this route. I mean, as you can see, like my life has been all over the place, but I've always liked like challenging myself, even with English, like I, I suck, but like, I knew that like, if I put in the work, like I can get somewhere. Mm-hmm. And because this problem is like so close to me and like, so close to home and like I've seen you know life like just struggling to you know pay some stuff or like you know medication and and all these different things like I think that for me what really motivates me is to help you know the next generation of immigrants that are unable to qualify for these programs and help them 
um, find or create their own career opportunities. Um, so they don't have to struggle like I did, you know? So at the end of the day, like that's what motivates me. Yeah. You know, if I figure out how to get from point, you know, being low income to at the top, to be at the top, like, mm-hmm. okay, then I'm going to help other people. Then I'll retire my parents that have done so much for me. And like, then I can give out scholarships for these people that also struggle like me. And like, that's what motivates me. I want to get to that point. But in, mm-hmm. I know in order to get to that point, like I need to make some sacrifices, you know, and like I um, and there's a lot of stuff I need to work on, too. You know, like I exactly. I, yeah, exactly, man. For sure, for sure. Listen, uh, we're there. But before we close out, do you have any last remarks for the listeners? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, If you're an immigrant out there listening to this, you know, there's nothing that you cannot do. Just, you know, it it, it might be scary to go for something. I'm really scared to do whatever I'm doing today, what I was doing in math and stuff. But I think that if you just work for it, you can get it um and 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 really like don't give up you know i i've always told people that i have nothing to lose i've already been low income i've already had seizures i've already been had suicidal thoughts i've already been all messed up and obviously things could be a lot worse but um if you just put in the work and that's that's all i hear man that's all i hear from these motivational people like jeff bezos i I hear from eric Mm -hmm. thomas i listen to all these you know highly successful people and they're like, you know, just work hard. And, 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 and that's what I'm doing. You know, I post a lot of content. I I'm, I'm working on this every day and I hope you follow my journey. So follow me on Instagram, you know, J Maya, her, uh, subs- uh, subscribe to the email list for, for our prepare stuff. We're going to launch in November. Um, and yeah, there's nothing you cannot do. And I hope to, you know, uh, speak to one of you that is listening one day, uh, because I'm always open to, uh, to meeting new people, but that, yeah. that's pretty much I'm it. sure, I'm sure they'll reach out. Listen, Maya, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I really do appreciate it. Yeah, of course. Thank you for for having me. I I know that. Uh, yeah, it was it was just I just messaged you randomly. But, you know, oh, like, I love I, it. I love when people reach out, man. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. Have a good evening. You too. You too. Bye bye. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> Again, Maya, thank you for coming on the podcast. I really do appreciate it. Thank you, listeners, for listening. This is Aaron Deliosa for An Immigrant's Life. I'll see you guys later.